This is the Cascade Hiker Podcast. Find us over at CascadeHikerPodcast.com. I'm a country boy with the soft side. My heart wanders up north to the hillside. Now I've never made anyone quite as beautiful as you. I'm your host, Rudy Gets It. I'm here to inspire you to get out on the trail. You putting in two-mile hikes, five-mile hikes? Are you still on the couch? Come on, let's go on a backpacking trip. I'm going to introduce you to some folks that have done that and a whole lot more. All right, what's your name and where are you from? Uh, my real name is Edward Invan. Trail name is Meander. And I'm from Bellingham, Washington. Right on, born and raised? No, the accent you hear is from Holland. <laughs> I've lived here for 55 years, but I was 90 when I got out of the Army, and I never lost it. <laughs> nice. And uh, so so kind of kind of tell me a little bit of your history with the Pacific Crest Trail. Well, how okay. did it start? Uh, the, the short one is uh, I retired in 2010, a little scansel scare. I was hiking in Europe on the Camino, and... A lot of these Americans had asked me if I had hiked to PCT. I had no idea what they were talking about. Hindsight, I had read about it way years ago, but I had forgotten that. So when I got back from Europe after nine months, I went to the Bridge of the Gods, started walking back to Bellingham, realized that uh, I, I could chew off that part, so maybe I could chew it all off in 13, and I did. How old were you? Well, uh, at that time, uh, I'm from 48, so uh, I think I was 63. Uh, 62, 63, yeah. yeah. Right on. And uh, I had had lung cancer surgery, and that's why it was, uh, I, I never knew that I could do that. Uh, and also in my working life, I heard it cheap, but I never really... Uh, was an outdoor person uh, per se. It was all about work, work, work out, outside, but not necessarily <laughs> hiking in nature. Yeah, right on. So, so you said in 2010 you did Washington. No. Uh, oh. Uh, I was in Europe hiking on the Camino from. Oh, uh, right, right, right. From Holland to the Spanish uh, Pilgrims Resort or uh, the Cathedral destination, and. Uh, that's where I found out about the PCT and the AT and all the other trails we now know so much about. <laughs> right on. And then so did you, how much of the PCT have you hiked? I did it uh, in 13 all the way from Campo to here, but I got my feet wet in, in 12 when I came back from Europe, fr uh, from Shrek's place to here. Okay. Actually, Shrek at, was barely there. Down at the Bridge of the Bridge Gods. Bridge of the Gods, yeah. yeah. Well, I should mention we're we're here at the terminus right now recording this. So when you say uh, from Campo to here, <laughs> that means Canada. So right on, because um, there's no video, right? So people can't see where we're recording. Yeah, yeah, this. okay. Um, so what what happened then after you hiked the trail? Did you? Uh, you well, uh, yeah, I, I never stopped hiking really because uh, when I finished. Uh, my brother and my sister-in-law, they were waiting at Heart Splash's Magic. And so I had seen very little magic on my hike in uh, 13. There was magic, but uh, it was always at the wrong time. I, I'm an early bird and I'm already through there by the time <laughs> they start doing magic. But what came out of that, we started between my brother and my sister-in-law and myself, we started doing magic, but basically 
for the people who were in either my flow from behind or people who I knew from last year, uh, not magic every day. And um, so anyway, then uh, once magic was over, I basically did little sections between here and the border and Hearts Pass and Stehiken to the Dinsmores, Andrea. That, this is sort of my hiking uh, territory. I don't Stevens hike. Pass North kind of thing? No, I, I, I don't hike. Uh, I've done the, the bottom portion of the CDT till Silver City and all that, and I caught, caught a few of our PCT hikers on the AT <laughs> and angeled them a little nice. bit. But... Um, no, I, I'm not a long-distance hiker. I did. I pulled it off, and how I did it, I have no idea because it was really day by day. Oh, now I remember when I did my uh, through hike in '65. Um, we were at Kennedy Meadows. It was I was '65 when we were in. So that's when you turned '65. And here I have a letter waiting for me with my canister and my box uh, from the person who was doing my boxes. And he said, uh, you better get off the trail and come home because Social Security needs to see you because you're walking now without insurance. <laughs> oh, no. And in March, I had done all my homework to get on the trail by March 15th. I had gone there in person. But because I was foreign born, I'm, a, I'm an American citizen. I've been that like for 40 years. But they needed to see me in person. So uh, Ray Ray's uncle drove me back from Kennedy Meadows. I caught a flight from Las Vegas straight into Bellingham. Oh, wow. Went to Social Security. She saw me behind the bulletproof window. She typed for about five minutes. Uh, I showed her my passport and Social Security number, and out I was. That was it? And then I, and three days later, I was on the trail, but I lost oh. my family. They were already at Whitney by that time. Oh, no. <laughs> Wow. But, it, but you did continue on that year and finished. Well, fortunately, I was part of uh, Team Siesta. And um, eventually, uh, yeah, I, I never really caught them, but we were still in the same party loop. <laughs> <laughs> they were always three days ahead. <laughs> wow, not too many people have to deal with that on a through hike. <laughs> yeah. But I got a new good family. So anyway, but bit by bit... Um, uh, I made it up to Heart Center here, and um, and then uh, when I got here, the register, somebody had written a note in it. Uh, we tried it out as best as we could, um, uh, but it's still moldy. And then I made a mental note, and I, I thought, well, you know, come Thanksgiving. You're talking about the book itself. Yeah. Yeah. Come Thanksgiving, I'll... I'll see if I can snowshoe in here or come back in here because it's only eight miles from uh, miles from Manning, and then at least I lift it out, and then that year I did it and I put in a little school book because at that time there were hardly any hikers. You know? Right. So there better not be too many. <laughs> well, at that time it was just a little exercise book from. Oh, school. you're talking about uh, total for the year. Yeah. For yeah. My okay. Year, gotcha. For thirteen. Yep. Yep. Uh, there may have been like. Um, uh, whatever school book holds, like uh, fifty pages. Okay. You know. Wow. And so, so you took that upon yourself to do that, and then uh, kind of where did you go from there? With as far as I mean, did that start something for you? 
Yeah, it did because see that was the beginning of Facebook because I, I was totally naive as far as cell phones and all that. So basically I sent a message uh, on Facebook to all my friends. I said, I got that log. Oh, here comes the helicopter. Hey, the might pick it up. Hey, we got to take a break. The well, he's he, they're dropping off uh, a crew real quick. You can oh, keep talking. Yeah. So all Facebook. Right. So anyway, uh, coming back to Facebook, uh, I... I showed everybody that I had that logbook dried out and uh, at my kitchen table, and then I thought, I asked, I said, where should I send that? And then I got all these suggestions, send it to Reno Dave, send it to Andrea Dinsmore and all the angels and all that. And then finally I talked to Jack Haskell, and Jack says... Uh, With the PCTA? Yeah. Yeah. I said to Jack, uh, I said, Jack, before I send that to all kind of strangers, I said, should I send it to you? He said, send it to me and I'll make sure that it gets saved. And that's how it started. Wow. You know? Yeah, that's cool. So then um, that, that helicopter's gonna get louder and louder, so why, why don't we take five and come back to this? Yeah, we'll take okay. a break. I can't talk enough about Waymark Gear Company. Seriously, uh, my daughters still have their packs. We gave away a pack on the show and I recently met Mark down at PCT Days over the summer. And I just want to say on their website, really easy to find, waymarkgearco.com. Check out their two types of packs. You've got the through, the 38 to 42 liter packs, and then the light uh, 50 liter packs. So uh, the throughs are $210 where they start. And then the 50 liter uh, packs, uh, the kind of the Cadillac of the frameless packs, they start at $260. So go over, check it out. There's all kinds of colors to pick from. Uh, this is just a quick little ad here to uh, you know support the show. At least go over there and follow him on Instagram, uh, Waymark Gear Company, and tell him the Cascade Hiker Podcast sent you. All right, so we're back here. Uh, I just want to say, uh, kind of we left off, uh, Meander, you were talking about that you had uh, found Facebook. You got it back to, to Jack Haskell. What happened after that? Um, it was it was probably what, what time of year was that? Like in the middle of winter that you connected with him and got that shipped off? No, uh, actually, um, I I hiked it out. Uh, I Is think it Novemberish. I think it was the the weekend before American Thanksgiving, and uh, because Canadian uh, they got it earlier. And uh, that same week after I got to dry it dried out, uh, that uh, then I sent it oh, to Sacramento. Okay. Right away. Yeah, basically after I had asked everybody like, what should I do? And uh, basically Andrea had said, Andrea Dinsmore, uh, she said, talk to Jack first. And uh, so anyway, uh, Jack basically uh, said, send it to me and I'll make sure that it gets protected. So that was the end of the 2013 through hiker season. Yeah. Um, then what did what'd you do on 2014? Did you continue to help that out, or what, can you kind of walk through that? Yeah, in 14, um, uh, I did the same thing. Um, I went back on the Camino, and then after, <laughs> after I was done uh, with the Camino, because I didn't really uh, hike too much in 14, just a section. And uh, so when I got back from the Camino, I said, okay, um, I'll see if there's a window. Well, what happened is, is we had a windstorm. So I made it up to, from Manning Park up to Frosty. And, um, um, oh yeah, so I got to Frosty and there's where I, where I found my first 
wind blow down yeah blow down and so I went in more and more, and I made it to PCT camp six miles. And by that time, I had done already like seven or eight trees. And as I left PCT camp, there were three humongous trees intertwined over each other. And I have my my spot device with me, but in the back of my mind, I could Andrea hear hear already saying like you don't go in there alone, not this time of the year. Yeah. And so anyway, my inner voice said, uh, no, turn around and do this next year. So I did turn around and then that spring, fortunate for all of us, uh, BC, uh, BC Trail Maintenance, they had been here the first week of June. So I basically hiked in with the new logbook in 15 found the old one and uh, it survived it but the monument uh, uh, like the pylons at that time yeah. it came apart uh, it was open either a bear had rubbed against it or the, the last hikers forgot to shut it down so anyway but it was in the opsec and there again I took it back home and believe it or not they, they do weather after you dry them out uh, certain pencil works best uh, certain Certain ballpoints, they run. But uh, anyway, so uh, there again, uh, it went to Sacramento to uh, the PCTA. And then the following year, I thought, this is not going to happen, or like in 15 again. So I put it in in the fall, basically vacuum sealed for the first oh. hiker. to. Yeah, I learned a lesson out of that one. Uh, for the first hiker to open it up in the season. And uh, so at that time, the old monument was still the little vault. So I basically dropped it off before Thanksgiving, vacuum sealed with a note. Will the first hiker please uh, cut the bag and hike it out? And yeah, it sort of became an, uh, it, it never was uh, a yearly thing. It just happened that way. I, I, I never. Jack always told me, he said, uh, why don't you join the Norse uh, Blades, the 350s? And uh, I told him, I said, listen, I said, I do everything, but leave me b cleaning up this and yeah. that's all I want to do. <laughs> that's a cool cool thing to take on. Uh, you didn't take the torch from anybody, right? You kind of started doing it just kind of on your own based on what you're saying. Yeah, if it hadn't been for that note, the other uh, hikers had left, uh, like we found it in the spring, all moldy. But see, at that time, there may there may have been entries from 2012, like maybe half of the book was from 2012. Because there wasn't as many hikers, like you're yeah, saying. The, yeah. uh, I don't know how many people used to come through here, but it definitely didn't fill up a big book like that. And... Uh, so if I hadn't found that note saying, uh, well, uh, we tried to dry it out as well uh, as we could, but uh, and we put it in a Ziploc. They had put it in one of their Ziplocs as they, as they came hiking through. So uh, I would have never taken note, you know, uh, to do that. And uh, besides doing this, um, what other kind of kind of help have you done for hikers? Basically, uh, for the overseas hikers, if they fly in, especially the, uh, sometimes people from Holland pick up on me. Yeah. And uh, so then they stay at 
they stay at my place and uh, for a couple of days just to do their boxes and over the winter uh, yeah what i do once in a while i fly to holland and i meet them before they come over oh that's cool because i still got an auntie there yeah she recently passed but at that time so then i get to visit with them all and then we'll have a little one-on-one uh, pct that's fun. <laughs> and a few drinks <laughs> you kind of talk to them about their gear and stuff too sometimes or yeah we, we talk about everything because uh, see they they're all in doubt uh, how should they attack it uh, go sobo in the summertime or uh, do a nobo right early in the spring and uh, and oh yeah and then uh, I had a couple of Kiwis and a couple of Aussies and yeah basically rights between so, so you'll Mexico. take anybody that's what you're saying Say again? you'll take anybody <laughs> well if you're taking I will, the Kiwis I will and the take Aussies. anybody who needs help the only thing is is uh, since they need to do the boxes they can't fly in any groceries right uh, it's it's better that I concentrate on them because uh, as I say uh, I got room for four in my van and uh, then we all and they also get acquainted already with each other that's good so, yeah. uh, well and you're and you're basically dropping them off as their own little family right yeah i either uh, uh dropping them off at hearts and then they hike out together and uh, like two years ago i hiked along with them as far as the border and back to hearts uh another year um uh, i had two hikers and they flew from bellingham to scout and frodo and down they, at camp they picked them up and then but see by that time they had the boxes done they 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 sort of because uh, you know all dutch people and german people and all the kiwis they all speak english but it's a foreign country uh, the u.s uh it's far away from home yeah and uh that's why how i try to be helpful you know that's like, good uh what about uh i remember seeing some pictures on uh online you know you've you've also done some some feeding some things like that can you talk about that at all or say that one more uh, time you know like you fed people or, or maybe brought a bunch of food up to hearts pass that kind of thing yeah that actually started with my brother and sister-in-law because oh they, right on your hike they were doing magic for me and also um the first year when i sectioned the pct from the bridge of the gods to hearts pass um, I was in the flow of uh, Not A Chance and Beardo and all that. And then a Bellingham University professor, he was doing magic at hearts as we walked in. And Dan had sort of said to me, he said, listen, uh, Bellingham is a strong PCT uh, hiker base. Uh, a lot of people from Bellingham drive up to do magic. And that is basically how I had told my brother-in-law, I said, if you guys want to do magic, that's the place where you catch the hikers. And uh, and then, yeah, after that, it is, it is not that I'm there all the time. Uh, Andrea used to ask me a lot of times in the spring to drive up there to see what the snow was all about. And I, I'm talking about Andrea Dinsmore. Right. And because uh, as soon as the highway w was open, then I start keeping track on the road up to Hearts Pass. And then Raven's Song was a great help in that too, because uh, yeah, she has a hiker cabin there. And, and Raven's Song, she knows all the alternates and all the little nuances, uh, what, 
what trail maintenance is doing and all that. So I basically fed that back to Andrea Dinsmore. And uh, hey, Andrea, I hope you're listening, but yeah. we're talking about you. Yeah, I had her on my podcast, uh, uh, her and Jerry both, just before she passed away. Yeah. That was pretty I'm special. So. I'm missing her. You had, a, you had a pretty good relationship with her, I take it. Yeah. So anyway, it, it, basically because of Andrea was sort of egging me on, she used to say, uh, you're my eyes and ears up here, so go and have a look. And that's that's how I became to be back and forth to Harsh Pass more than I should have. <laughs> Six Moon Designs uh, picked up a lunar solo tent. Really excited about this. Uh, I want you guys to go over to sixmoondesigns.com. That's uh, all one word, of course, Six Moon Designs. So there's an S on the end there, dot .com. Um, I picked up the Lunar Solo, 200 bucks. It's only 26 ounces uh, listed on their on their website there. Uh, I'm excited about this. I, I fit no problem in this thing. I've always been kind of weary of uh, solo-type tents because um, I'm a big hiker. I'm, I'm 6'4", very wide, and there's plenty of room. I could easily squeeze one of my kids in there with me, and, and the vestibule is huge, too, if uh, you know, if you hike with a dog and you've got a pad for the dog, whatever, it could easily sleep under this uh, vestibule with your pack and everything out there, um, boots or whatever you got going on. Um, anyway, yeah, so don't worry about that. It's also, uh, I've always been a little weary of uh, single wall tents, but this has, uh, you know, sort of the mesh, the, the, the mosquito netting, uh, about six inches, and, and then six inches of a bathtub floor as well with a, with a bottom. So it's sort of like a tarp, but um, it, it sets up as one tent. Anyway, go over there. There's plenty of videos and stuff on the website, sixmoondesigns.com. Uh, do you have a uh, connection with anybody else uh, um, on the trail, along the trail at all? I mean, you mentioned some other people. Uh. No, I made, I made hundreds and hundreds of friends uh a lot of lasting friends. Um, actually, it just it did change my life a little bit because, uh, you know, uh, as I say, uh, I flew 21, 21 years for the airline as a flight attendant, and that got me into the people, and then I started raising sheep, and that was a lonely experience. <laughs> and Well, except for the sheep. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. but I mean, uh, when I found all the hikers on the trail, like uh, any hiker is my friend. You know, sure. that's why I'm hanging out here, social, you know. Well, was it, but I guess my question was kind of more centered. Uh, you mentioned Andrea, and you mentioned Ravensong, and you were talking about Shrek. Uh, was there anybody else, uh, or is there anybody else that you have a really good connection with uh, along the trail anywhere that you, you've, well, or people you've met? it's basically the northern, northern section, but as I say, I had... Um, I got angeled myself by the Sofleys and by Terry Anderson, and uh, so I, I really do respect these people. And uh, but on a up till Andrea passed away, it was basically Andrea Shrek and Carolyn uh, uh, Raven Song, and then also here in Mazama, uh, Goat's Beards. Uh, uh, GB, he is—he's um, also a lot of eyes and ears from the Norse because in the winter time they play up at Hart's Pass, oh, okay. snowmobiles and snowshoeing and skiing and all that. So uh, they have always the latest news, and uh, I used to fire that back on Facebook. Uh, 
Well, you know, on on social media, I always I've always seen you. I've never met you uh, officially, and uh, what a more fitting place from yeah. a hiking podcaster to whatever to be meet you right here at the Monument uh, seventy eight in the Canadian uh, Washington border or you know American border. So yeah, the forty ninth parallel and. Too bad we can't have any video, but we're talking in straight line from top of the hill going to the bottom to the monument. They're all working here. And, uh, yeah, yeah it's, perfect It's really place. cool. Yeah, it's, it's really, I mean, the perfect place for, for uh, some hikers out there to hear your voice, man. Because this, uh, this area, um, you know, like you say, since 2013 has been uh, a really, a really neat spot in your heart. And um, I know that you have a big passion for it. Now, you did kind of mention that... Uh, um, you're sort of looking to pass the torch. Is that something you officially want to talk about, or um, as far as maybe somebody taking over the uh, the books? Yeah, you know, like uh, I'm in my 70s now, and uh, hey, it's a number, but I I am I am slowing down uh, as a, uh, I retired because of a disability, so uh, I'm still trying to do all that. But mentally, I don't think I can do this much more much longer. And um, so, uh, yeah, if somebody in Bellingham or who lives nearby, uh, Seattle Way, uh, they can stay in Bellingham at my place and uh, we can drive up here together. It's just, I don't want to do it alone anymore. Uh, That'd be pretty special, yeah. Yeah, that would be nice. And um, uh, it's a fun experience because, you know, when you get here in the fall, you also know that the last hiker has gone through. And you're putting the monument to bed that's that's sort of like it gave me always a good feeling like it's it's uh, the monument it can now go to sleep and uh, this is just in my mind crazy stuff but that's yeah. sort of what comes out of my inner heart zipping that uh, metaphorical tent <laughs> yeah and it's dead quiet here and you know you, uh, there's a anticipation that maybe another uh Norse Pounder is coming out and <laughs> it's gone. And, uh, so you just sit here all by yourself and, you know, you reminisce. Before we close this down, I, if I can intersect this. I, Absolutely. I, for those hikers who have cancer, I picked up through the Shrill journals that <clears throat> there was a hiker in 2012 and his name was Astro... Lions, Andy Lyons, Astro. Okay. And he was hiking. Did you say Astro or Astro? Astro, like astronomical. Okay, Astro. uh, I just wanted to get, yeah, I wanted to get it right. So I picked up on this kid, and like he was, uh, I don't even know if he was 21, but he was a young kid, and he was hiking with cancer, and he had said, whatever the future throws me, I, I need to get the PCT in. So when I was hiking on the PCT in 13, he was constantly on my mind. He, uh, every time when I had a rough moment, I thought, well, Astro did it. At least I should give it another day. And wow. that was such a comfortable feeling that I had somewhere this kid in heaven or this kid somewhere egging me on. So for anybody else who has cancer or who had already bad tidings, uh, if there is some energy level, you don't have to finish it, but just do it, you know. And if you have to conk out at Warner Springs or at Mount Laguna or wherever you uh, finally toss it in, that's fine. But we got a lot of people here 
who are motivators uh, and it was a great help to me and Astro hey perfect I thank you from the bottom of my heart uh, what a perfect name for him too man because he's up there somewhere right I mean he's in a yeah, good place that's awesome you know and uh, if I hadn't picked up on that journal in tra trail journal species t12 or something like that and another thing what came out of that is at the end uh, he was really hurting and uh, other hikers came to help him out wow. they hiked him over this point together and there's somewhere there's pictures where um, he's standing here in the middle of the snow like the monument was already cupped with snow caps you know so he did uh, it yeah astro uh, really was my personal motivator so that's hey, great they're done well, the the kids are done here. We got we we got bombarded by the uh, the youth the youth uh, program. Some people from Canada and America. They're kind of combined, and uh, they came to kind of check it out. And yeah, so if you guys heard any background noise, that was that. So yeah, we're right here at the monument as they are exchanging it. Meander, that was a great closing, man. I really liked that story with Astro. That was that was awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the Cascade Hiker Podcast. Hey, uh, love the trail. I appreciate it. I get emotional now. Yeah. Uh, all right, that's the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget to join the Patreon page. Find me at patreon.com slash Cascade Hiker Podcast. Also, hit me up uh, with an email, Rudy at CascadeHikerPodcast.com. Find me on Facebook. My Facebook page is Cascade Hiker Podcast. Twitter, find me at in underscore Cascade Hiking. And I'm Cascade Hiker Podcast on Instagram. Thanks, Whiskey Fever, for letting me use this track here, Tall Grass, off their album, Gonna Wake Up This Whole Town. Go find them at ReverbNation.com slash Whiskey Fever. Hey, see you next week. You were sweet like honey on a heartbeat. You were fine like wine and sunshine. I could feel you coming on strong. Could never be wrong. Could never be wrong. See her laying down in the tall grass. Playing mandolin in a white dress I come running when I hear that song It could never be wrong, it could never be wrong Where you wanna run, maybe I'll run too I would leave this world for a beautiful girl If I could just find you